Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Joe and Krista and myself, Bob Bosold, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning, and I hope the ark isn't leaking as we take a look at some of our farm news. Of course, we'll take a look at the weather because we've gotten a lot of weather, a lot of rain. I think we've kind of broken the drought here at least for a while with a lot of rain in the area. Bob and Jill again with you this morning. You tipped your rain gauge over. I dumped it out last night when I was doing chores about 7 o'clock, and I had an inch and six tenths. Uh, now, how long was the, when was the last time you dumped it out? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, but, no, uh, but no, was no it, much it was the, empty. Yeah, so the last just, couple of days. Yeah, yeah. We set a record yesterday for rainfall in Eau Claire on this date. 2.55 inches of rain fell yesterday. The old record, 1.65. So, again, almost by an inch. And it was a lot of rain. It's not done yet. It's still moving across the area. But it will be moving out. But, uh... Don't expect it to dry out because we got more rain coming in. Weather's going to turn cold. Wind turns out of the north, so we'll get into that as well. And uh, Wisconsin, western Wisconsin, the United States lost a, a good friend and, and I think one of the uh, best leaders we've had around agriculture. Jim Holt from out in Elk Mound passed away you know, a day or two ago and uh, after uh, an ongoing uh, illness that was... Uh, Kept him pretty much uh, bedridden and uh, just able not to physically do things. But uh, Jim Holt passed away, a longtime leader in the Farm Bureau here in Wisconsin, the American Farm Bureau, school board for about 18 years in Elk Mound, active in his church, just a, a good guy. And one of the guys you want in leadership because he listens and he absorbs what you're saying and he makes all that information available to himself when he made decisions, and uh, just a, a real good guy, and a, I guess a typical good leader. He didn't rant and rave like so many of our supposed leaders do nowadays. He was just uh, just a good man, Jim Holt, and we send our condolences along. We'll talk more about Jim. We'll also talk about the crops going on, and uh, of course we're slowing down with all this rain, not in the fields. We'll wrap up, well, I don't know if we'll wrap it up because we could keep getting more information on World Dairy Expo as far as the sales are concerned. And uh, it's always fun to see the summary that comes out. 
And uh, we'll take a look at uh, some of the sale results from the different breeds down at World Dairy Expo. Also, Farm First Dairy Cooperative is advocating for overweight transport permits for fluid milk haulers. And I would hope other co-ops and uh, others would get on board and uh, talk to the Wisconsin Senate and the Wisconsin Legislature about uh, some of these things because uh, it's getting to be, well, it's it's not a good thing what's going on with the milk callers out in the countryside getting stopped and getting fines for uh, doing their job. And uh, it's, a, it's a challenge out there. But uh, Farm First is coming forth. I've talked to Randy Romanski, our Ag Secretary, about this, telling him, this is a very serious issue. You better you better investigate it and get behind it. So Farm First bringing it more to light as far as uh, these truckers being stopped and weighed and fined some big fines. So, again, we'll talk about that as well. Also, the Farm Bill. You heard any movement on the Farm Bill in Washington? I haven't heard any, but I guess you did. Well, no, there isn't much going on. <laughs> Not every, much going on. Everything is back in the dark hallways, so to speak, of, of the House, especially because, wow, I hate to say it, but what a clown show. They just can't seem to get their House speaker going. No, they just can't. And, of course, the Democrats hated McCarthy because he they said he talked out of both sides of his mouth. He blamed the Democrats, and, of course, uh, oh, it's just a clown show. So hopefully they'll get it figured out and we'll get a new House speaker. It looks like a guy from Louisiana is getting support, and I think they're going to take a vote later on today. So we'll see if we get movement in the House so they can go ahead and do some business. Just uh, so many things going on with wars all over the world. We've got a farm bill to finish. We've got to keep the government open. That's uh, scheduled to close in the middle of November if we don't get any more funding out and get that squared away so they got a lot of work to do in washington and hopefully they will get it done also the short course will start today at the uw river falls as it got a new lease on life when river falls picked that up we'll talk to steve kelm a little later on last friday we were over there for the dedication of the uh Wietrich family grassland dairy dairy facility over there and we'll talk about that too in a day or two but uh First things first, because they're not using that facility yet. they still got to get some licensing done and things like that. But what a beautiful, beautiful plant. One of the best teaching processing facilities I know in the country and probably in the world. That is it's really state-of-the-art over there at UW-River Falls. So, But we'll hear from Steve Kelm a little later on as far as what's going on with our... Uh, with our short course going on, you talk to the folks at Provision Partners and Allied Cooperative, and we'll hear from those guys today, or one of them anyway. One of them, yep. Well, he'll be hearing about feeding corn silage. All right. Yeah, it's a good topic as we're getting into that season. Yeah, lots going on in the world of agriculture, including trying to, I never thought I'd say this this year, including trying to dry out. Well, I don't even think my ducks are enjoying all this rain. <laughs> There's a lot of it out there, as we said. We set a record in Eau Claire, over two and a half inches yesterday. Breaks a record of 1.65, no messing around, broke it big time. So we got lots to do this morning as we take a look at what's going on in agriculture. We mentioned the sales at World Dairy Expo. The World Classic Holstein sale was on Thursday night, and Tom Morris has run that for years. 
and the sale on 47 lots grossed $1,760,800. The sale averaged over $37,000, the highest selling lot at the World Classic Holstein sale, $170,000. Top of the World Jersey sale, total sales, 58250 with 22 lots. Top seller was $10,500. The World Premier Brown Swiss sale, 41 lots, $231,625. The highest selling lot, $19,500. The World Ayrshire Show, that sale, $96,150 on 18 animals that sold. The highest selling lot was $10,200. So again, World Dairy Expo, another successful show down in Madison. And we'll take a look at that 13 First Alert weather. Not getting a whole lot drier. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Our 13 First Alert weather forecast shows that all the rain is Moving out from west to east for today, but uh, don't get too excited. Later on, it's going to cloud up again. And uh, later on tonight, it'll rain. We'll get 60 for the high today, only 56 overnight. 63 tomorrow, but uh, rain is likely Friday. Slight chance of rain, 54, then really cooling off. 38 on Saturday with a chance of rain, and partly cloudy Sunday and Monday, upper 30s. And uh, again, look for some frost as we get into next week. Winds are going to start coming out of the north. It's 53 degrees right now in the valley. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 53 degrees. We'll go up to about 60 today. Rain's moving out today, but it's going to come back later on tonight. It's a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. How about some news? NBC News Radio. I'm Trey Thomas. Israel continues to launch airstrikes on the Gaza Strip. Mark Mayfield reports. There's no sign of a let-up in the bombardment as the U.S. is asking Israel to let more humanitarian aid into Gaza. The Palestinian Health Ministry says more than 5,000 people have been killed in airstrikes since a Hamas attack on Israel earlier this month killed about 1,400 people. Israeli tanks are amassed on the border with Gaza waiting for orders to launch a ground invasion. I'm Mark Mayfield. Louisiana Representative Mike Johnson is the new Republican nominee for Speaker of the House. Johnson became the party's latest nominee Tuesday night after three rounds of voting behind closed doors. Johnson must now secure 217 of the 221 Republican votes on the House floor to win the Speaker's gavel. Former President Donald Trump addressed the crowds after appearing for a civil fraud trial in Lower Manhattan on Tuesday. Trump was in court to watch his former attorney, Michael Cohen, testify against him. Again, this is a trial that should have never been brought. This is a case that should have never been brought. They have no case. The witness is totally discredited already, and they haven't even started, but it's totally discredited. Cohen has already accused Trump of falsifying property values in his real estate company and is expected to testify that nothing happened at the Trump organization without the boss approving it. Speaking to reporters, Trump called Cohen a disgraced felon and maintained his stance that the trial against him is a hoax. 
Negotiations between SAG-AFTRA and Hollywood Studios resumed on Tuesday, just over a hundred days after the strike began. Management had halted discussions earlier this month. Union members are asking studios for better pay, protections against AI, residuals from streaming, and more. You're listening to NBC News Radio. For those who work in acres, not in hours. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, rain, and we've had uh, lots of it. The most we've had in one shot in a long time, over two and a half inches yesterday, new record. As we look for the rain to kind of move out for today, but it'll be coming back later on tonight as it'll cloud up again. 60 today, 56 tonight. Tomorrow, 63 with rain likely. Friday, slight chance of rain, high 54, then cooling off on the weekend. 38 on Saturday, 39 on Sunday, 37 on Monday, and that means probably overnight, Sunday into Monday, we'll see a frost down into the 20s and maybe a couple nights in a row. We'll check with Mike Dandrea, but uh, haven't had that frost yet. So it's coming our way right now. It's 51 in Rice Lake, Medford, 57, 58 in Marshfield, 65 in La Crosse, 62 in Green Bay, Madison, Sun Prairie at 59. Milwaukee at 66, and it's 53 degrees right here in the Chippewa Valley. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us our look at the markets. And Jill, the livestock, as we're getting into the middle of the week, what are those numbers? Choice fed beef steers are 173 to 187 with mixed steers at 177 and down. Choice fed beef heifers are 173 to 186 with mixed mixed heifers at 115 to 172. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 157 to 184. Choice fed Holstein steers are 154 to 168 with select and silage fed steers 128 to 153. Cows are 74 to 91 with a top of 120. Bulls are 110 to 125. Butcher hogs are 30 to 78 with sows at 26 to 34 and boars at 13 to 18. New crop market lambs are 165 to 182 with feeder lambs at 25 to 190. Ewes are 57 to 105. Small goats are 20 to 140. Medium goats are 65 to 190. Large goats are 85 to 360. And nanny goats are 25 to $50. At the Mercantile Exchange, a little better than the day before, but still a mix to lower on these prices. October live cattle, $180 even. That was up $1.75. December live cattle, $178.62, up 27. February, $180.85, down 12. And April, at $183.42, down 30. Feeder cattle, the November contract, $235.42, down 37 cents. January, $238.85, down 85. Remember, these prices were about $6 lower yesterday. March feeder cattle two thirty seven sixty two down seventy five in April at two forty two twenty five down fifty five lean hog carcass contracts December closed at sixty six thirty seven that was up twenty February at sixty nine forty seven down seventy two April down a dollar five at seventy five fifty five and the May contract closed at eighty one eighty two that was down sixty five board of trade corn down yesterday with the rain. And also planning progress in Brazil. Beans were up. Strong meal demand overnight. December corn up a penny at 485. Oats up a penny at 390. December wheat up four to five at 585. January soybeans up four cents at 1318. 
December meal up four sixty a ton at four thirty eight eighty. Barrel cheese unchanged one seventy three and a half. Blocks down two and a quarter one seventy four and a quarter. Butter was down a penny at three thirty six and a half. October class three up two at sixteen eighty eight. But then prices went down again. November down sixteen at seventeen sixty seven. December down thirty three at seventeen fifty six. January down twelve at seventeen eighty five. And February down eighteen. At 1817, and that's where we are this morning, 10 minutes after 5, and a lot of stuff to talk about this morning here on the Farm Show. It's time for our Allied Cooperative Program on this Wednesday morning. I've got Jason Burden. He is Livestock Production Specialist working out of the Auburndale office. Now, we're talking about harvesting, and we've talked a lot about harvesting corn for grain, but that corn for silage harvest is pretty much wrapping up. What are you seeing out there? Yeah, Jill, as we sit here in the third week of uh, October, most of those choppers have been parked, even talking to a few custom operators. Uh, They've completed, wrapped up harvest, even for some of the guys doing a few of the last of the silos. Harvest is wrapping up, but uh, the weird thing is, is we've got quite a big trade territory, just as like your WAC listenership. I mean, you got people listening all over the western half of the state, and as we do as customers as well, Jill. But uh, one of the things we're finding out is we're seeing some, you know, location-by-location location variances in these new corn silages or snaplages that we are seeing. Um, a lot of our producers have been very blessed the last few years. We've had some above-adequate moisture, and we've had awesome yields. But uh, So we've got some good inventory. But even on some of those farms where we've got, say, three or four months' worth of inventory carryover yet, uh, we've been forced into feeding some of that new corn silage or new snaplage. And we're seeing quite a few different little things, Jill, that uh, has been throwing our cows for just a little bit of a loop. And what are some of those things that you see from the new corn silage to the more aged corn silage? So one of the things that we're seeing already this year, Jill, is um, our ADF and NDFs are typically just a smidge higher than what we have seen the last two years looking at a graph comparing the last three years of harvest. And then also with that ADF and NDF being higher, what it's saying is our starch levels might be a little bit lower. Um, as we go into that fiber, though, as we stay in that piece, our fiber digestibility that we talked about, that NDF D30 hour that has become common lingo in the countryside, um, we've kind of looked at that number, and it's, it's feeding a little bit slower than we would like. Uh, did a few advanced diagnostics on some farms last week, and... Uh, The cows are agreeing with these early numbers coming off the paperwork. As we start feeding more and more of this stuff, we use some of those old tricks that we used to do years gone by on, okay, how do we get this fiber to break down faster? How do we get this starch to mobilize a little bit faster? But walking into that starch piece and looking at where our starch numbers are, you know, we typically I'll look at a bell curve on that, um, and it'll show us kind of, hey, this is how the breakdown is across you know, this trade territory. Well, this year that bell curve is a little bit more flatter, and we're seeing the starch numbers a little bit lower all the way up to still even very high. But what that saying is, where did that moisture fall July, August, when that cob was getting set up, as that plant was developing based off of when it was planted? When you're talking a lot of numbers and variances, is there anything that a farmer can do as he feeds that corn silage to make it even out and more palatable for the cows? So we've typically, you know, we talk starch digestibility numbers, you know, the old days of, hey, we always got a bump of milk around Christmas time. Well, now we actually have a quantitative number to put on that 
bump of milk and why it came. Um, sample, 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 field-to-field variation has been really high um, across many different farms when it was planted has been very, you know, very, very in. Um, so with that, we just continue to watch that. So there's fields or there's times of the season where, hey, we're going to have to feed a little bit extra grain. So we'll bump that starch up there. We'll bump up that high-moisture corn. Or if a producer has whey permeate available, we'll use a little bit more of that. The other thing is, is when it comes to that fiber digestion piece, we'll also, you know, address how we're tackling that or how we're handling that. Maybe we've got to feed a little bit better haylage during these first few months. You know, it might have to come back to something a little bit coarser later on. Or do we got to feed some soy hulls or some cottonseed hulls? You know, how can we get that fiber to break down faster inside that room and with those cows? And are you available for that advice and going out and doing that sampling? Yep, any of the consultants through Allied Co-op are very knowledgeable in all these, you know, bits of information. We've got, you know, people that are based out of that Hickston Western region, West Salem, all the way back through central Wisconsin. So, yeah, we're there to help us, you know, help you guys. Um, So if any of those questions should come up, just feel free to give a call at any time. Always good to have that support when feeding corn silage, whether it's the new, the old. Keep those cows milking. And that's our Allied program for this Wednesday morning with Jason Burden. He is the Livestock Production Specialist out of Auburndale. And I'm Jill Welke from Wax 104.5. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, we've got 53 degrees out there and uh, the rain is moving out, but it'll come back in later tonight. About 60 degrees the high today. And we've got farm news to take a look at and lots of it this morning here on Wax. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, sad story, we, we lost a good friend to agriculture, a good friend to many of us. Jim Holt, out in Elk Mound, passed away on the 22nd over the weekend. He passed away on Sunday. And uh, multiple system atrophy, type C. And Jim suffered with that for quite a while. And I know it was very frustrating for him not to be able to get up and get around. But, uh, again, Jim was a real leader in the world of agriculture, not only on his farm, but in in policy, he was one of those leaders that that you want to have a guy that will listen and uh, take everybody's opinion and everybody's thoughts into the uh, opinion room before he made his final decision. He was a longtime Farm Bureau member, of course, led Farm Bureau as a state president uh, about what 2012 to 2019 when he retired as his. Health started to go downhill, unfortunately, but uh, he was on the Elk Mound School Board for about 18 years. He was so active in his church and uh, just one of the real good guys. I know he was a guy that I always uh, turned to. to Jim, what's really going on with this area of agriculture to get his opinion? Because he thought it through. He just didn't say, well, this is what our opinion is. Jim thought it through. He did what was best for agriculture, for farmers. And uh, he's going to be missed. His leadership, not only his his knowledge, but his leadership style, his leadership ability, his smile, his friendliness. I mean, he was just a really, really good man. And uh, we send our condolences out to his wife, Gail, and his, his two daughters, and also his five grandchildren. 
And uh, if you're going to go to the funeral of the visitation, get there early because I'm sure the lines will be long. Thursday from 5 to 7 at uh, Lenmark Gamju de Lynn Funeral Home, the West Chapel on Claremont Avenue in Eau Claire. The funeral will be this Friday, the 27th, one thirty at our Savior's Lutheran Church in Menominee. And again, we say a fond farewell to a guy that did... If we could all do as good on earth as Jim Holt did, we'd have a much better world, that's for sure. So we're going to miss Jim Holt, no question about that. And uh, again, our condolences to his family. Jim was a graduate of the University of Wisconsin-River Falls, a proud graduate of the University of Wisconsin-River Falls, a college that keeps going forward. And uh, they're going forward now, what, rescuing the University of Wisconsin-Madison, so to speak, with a short course, the short course program at River Falls. This is the week. A lot of activity at the short course. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Ever expanding, ever growing. I guess that's one way to describe the College of Agriculture, Food, and Environmental Sciences at the University of Wisconsin River Falls. One of those programs that's uh, ever-changing, ever-growing, is the Farm and Industry Short Course, which for over 100 years was at the University of Wisconsin down in Madison. That has been transitioned to River Falls after Madison said uh, they couldn't or wouldn't do it anymore. Dr. Steve Kelman, University of Wisconsin, River Falls, in charge of the Meat Animal Science Department, also involved in the Dairy Innovation Hub and, and so much more, but kind of the uh, the lead man as far as the short course is concerned. And as we get to the end of October, 1st of November, we're good to go. We have the students. They are moving in. Uh, they're actually coming in uh, this upcoming week, and classes will begin on Wednesday, October 25th. So I had a chance to meet a number of the students down at World Dairy Expo. I was down in Madison for a week. I had a chance to visit with them and their parents, and uh, super excited. Just, just great young people coming in. And again, they're going to be maybe a little different from what we had down in Madison. These students are part of the River Falls campus. They're not segregated in any way, shape, or form, are they? They are in the the dorm. I literally, I, I can look out my office window and I see the dorm uh, that they are in w- with our other students from UW-River Falls. They are going to be participating in Dairy Club and Block and Bridal and student organizations. They're going to be out at the farm. They're going to be in the dairy cheese plant. Uh, they're going to be all over. There is. They are 100% UW-River Falls students. What's the curriculum as we start now in the fall for these students? So we have eight credits uh, that are going to be running, and so that's eight credits that's done uh, in the second half of what's uh, termed our fall semester. And so there is a introduction to ag business and farm management, uh, there is a cow techniques, uh, which is a, a cow side proper way to give IVs, hoof trimming, things like that. I, there are nutrition, repro, and milk quality courses, and one on farm safety. As we look, uh, new facility here is the Wheatrick Family, or the Wheatrick Family Grassland Dairy Innovation Center for dairy, for dairy products. Are they going to get exposed to that? We will have a chance to to do some class activities through there, probably uh, more in the second semester when we talk about end products, because I do think that's one thing that if we're out in the dairy industry, we do have to realize that uh, we have to pay attention to what happens to our product after it leaves the farm, whether it's milk or whether it's meat. Uh, So they'll have a chance to to work with uh, our faculty and staff 
on the dairy product side, taking a look at, okay, what, what happens when we have different milk qualities in terms of making product, and, and why is that important to you? Same thing with the meat side I, in terms of the slaughter plant. Why do we have to pay attention to how we're delivering uh, injections or things like that? I, why does that make a difference to uh, people as we move down the chain? I imagine these students are coming from all over the state, or is it uh, western, central Wisconsin dominated? Uh, it's Wisconsin dominated. We do have uh, individuals coming from Minnesota also. Uh, we are accepting applications uh, for fall of 24 also for the the next group of students that are coming in. And inquiries have come from a, a very broad range, uh, ranging from uh, a lot of the, the major dairy centers in the United States, New York, Idaho, uh, also international. But I think that uh, it's important to, to realize that, you know, we're really going to be working hard to service the Wisconsin dairy industry in the upper Midwest. Uh, that's our biggest concern. As you go forward, and I know this is going to be a dairy-focused curriculum to begin with, but as you go forward, are you going to expand it to in- include uh, some of the other uh, specialties uh, here on the campus? I think the the most likely expansion would be uh, if we want to do some additional short courses on the uh, food processing side, whether it's on the dairy side or on the meat animal. Both uh, of those plants offer currently offer short courses for industry, short courses in terms of like three-day workshops, pasteurization, things like that. I do think that that would fill a vital workforce need if we had some individuals in that. The other, I, I think we'll be looking at the food animal side, in particular, uh, a lot of questions on beef production. As we look at these students coming in for the short course now, and all of a sudden they you know, thought, oh, I'm not really fit to be a college student. They get on campus, they get through the classes, and thought, I like it here, and I'm pretty smart. I can, I'm learning this stuff. Can some of these credits transition to uh, the four-year program here? Absolutely. That was one of the, the main focus. We had... Two really uh, important goals. We wanted it to be a residential program so that students would have the opportunity uh, not only to learn in the classroom but uh, to be around each other and ask questions. Uh, But the other part is not only resident but also that the classes were credit-bearing and the curriculums formed so that if they transfer to River Falls, it's actually a pretty seamless transition uh, in terms of where those credits could count, for example, in a dairy science or uh, other curriculum. Honestly, they can be taken if they wish to transfer to anywhere in the U.S. Uh, there are credits that are transcripted at uh, our institution, and so they'll transfer anywhere. What does this mean for the faculty, say dairy science professors, as they teach the, uh, the regular four-year students? I can't imagine they're going to change their teaching method or their teaching subjects a whole lot for these students. I mean, dairy is dairy. These kids uh, need to learn it. Uh, I would expect maybe, you know, they don't have the time with these students that they have with the regular students, but how will the faculty adjust, and what's been the reaction of the faculty? The faculty have been pretty excited I because, I for one, I think they're excited about the idea of it's a different audience. I They recognize that... They don't have a four-year window uh, with these students, so they have to make some uh, priorities. And also because they're typically going to be working with some uh, smaller groups, they're going to have a chance to do a whole lot of hands-on. 
I a whole lot of hands on and uh, you know traveling to to different places in the area too. I it's been a very positive and excited group of faculty that's going to be working with it. How is this going to work now for the students? Uh, again, Dr. Steve Kelman is with us, uh, the Animal and Food Science Director at the University of Wisconsin River Falls, also head of the uh, short course now. How is this going to work? The regular students will be ending their first semester, going home for Christmas. So how does it work with the short course? Because uh, they've got a shorter school year. So they, the uh, four-year students, so their end of fall semester coincides with the end of fall semester for the short course students. And so, and similarly, I when the four-year students come back for the start of spring, that's when the short course students uh, come back on the residency side. Now there are going to be some uh, January, some winter, um, uh, you know, opportunities for the short course students also, but uh, their their schedule is really quite similar to what the four year students are, and so that part it blends in really quite well. And again, that's uh, Dr. Steve Kelm, the. Uh Animal science uh, department head, uh, meat and animal science, I don't know the exact terminology, but also he uh, took on the job of uh, running the short course. Again, classes starting today, UW-River Falls, you want to get signed up for next, you got students that want to go to River Falls, go to the University of Wisconsin-River Falls website, look at the short course, and uh, check out all the applications, because again, they're excited to have the short course students there, the short course students are getting involved just like the four-year students as far as clubs, as far as the dorms, as far as eating. I mean, they're going to be blended right in there. And yes, I asked him too, will they have final exams? Yes, they will have final exams, just like a regular student. So that's a good thing. We're going to find out about the livestock, something Steve Kelm deals with over at River Falls, but it's Rocky from Premier next. Let's get over to Premier Livestock in with you as Rocky joins us and... Uh, did you take the uh, tires off the truck and put the pontoons on it, Rocky? I tell you what, it was close. I mean, it was <laughs> unbelievable. I don't know what our total inches of rain was yesterday, but uh, I pulled up the run to get something uptown for the barn, and it's like, wow. Yeah, was, we got, uh, well, we set a record here over two and a half inches, so uh, it, and it came down hard for quite a while, so... We broke the moisture, that's for sure, so there shouldn't be much dust in the parking lot when you have the machinery sale. Yeah, a friend of mine, uh, if it's accurate, he posted, he was down by that Blair Taylor area, got over five inches yesterday. Oh, wow. Wow, wow. Either that or he didn't empty the rain gauge for the last couple of days or so. But I'll tell you, as hard as it rained, and concentrated rain, I know that area was getting it really hard yesterday morning, so I guess I would believe that. Well, I don't think it washed out the sale yesterday, did it? How'd that go? Uh, thank you, Bob. Good morning, everyone. This is how our special dairy heifer auction shaped up yesterday. Uh, we did sell over 500 head of dairy heifers. Strong, aggressive market, guys. Like I said, heifers are in short supply. Uh, these guys, we get them congregated. They all come to these monthly heifer sales. Uh, we sold heifers to five different states yesterday. Top ready to breed open heifers up to $1,675 for open heifers. Mostly open heifers from $1.40 to $2.20. Uh, 
top shortbreads 14 to 17.75, and top springing heifers up to 23.50. Today, Wednesday, we got our hay auction at 9.30, then dairy cattle auction at 11. Got an extremely fancy lineup of dairy cattle today, guys. Two fancy registered Holstein tie stall herds, uh, both uh, very similar type breeding programs here. Uh, deep pedigreed cows, quality cows. Herd number one's coming from Robert and Susan Miller, and that other herd coming from Holt Creek Farms. Excellent, excellent cattle. Lots of top loads of fresh parlor freestall cows. An excellent run of Holstein spring and heifers with many of those being registered as well. Uh, we start at 11 o'clock a.m. online bidding through Cattle USA. Uh, we will have catalogs up on our website. The Miller catalog is already posted on there. Uh, if you want to follow along with that, check it out. Questions, give us a call at Premier 715-229-2500. Once again, our website, Premier Livestock and Auctions.com. Also a reminder, November 3rd, Large Farm Machinery Auction. This is your last week to bring in consignments, guys. Friday is going to be our hard deadline. Uh, you have to have the equipment in this week if you want to get on that November 3rd auction. So that's the way things are shaping up, Bob. Sounds good, Rocky. Well, make sure you got a good pair of boots. You're going to have wet socks. That's right. All right, have a good one. Will do it. There goes Rocky over at Premier Livestock in Withy. And uh, we got red sock, wet socks for a good reason. We, we got a lot of rain. Christensen Sales bringing us our weather, our 13 first alert weather with Mike Dandry over there. Well, we set a record, huh? Sure did. Just for the date or for the month? How's that? What that? Just a one day record for what? What was yesterday? Twenty fourth of uh, October. Yeah, it was a record just for the day. The old one was uh, one point six five inches, and I mean that's still a lot for a day, especially when you consider you know later October. Uh, but that was set back in nineteen oh six, and we shattered that by almost an inch. Wow. Now, yeah. I don't know if you heard uh, Rocky talking about a buddy his down by Blair said he got five inches. Yeah, it was. And did they get hail down that way? That he didn't talk about. I don't know if they got hail or not, but five inches of rain, that's, that's pretty ridiculous. tough to handle. Yeah, and I mean, it'll be uh, interesting to see the drought monitor. I mean, we do have some of those uh, flood advisories uh, that have been in the area as well. So today we get a little bit of a break. We do have some cloud cover, but... We'll stay dry for the most part. A couple sprinkles not necessarily being ruled out, but highs mostly in the low 60s, despite a wind that's mostly out of the north going into this afternoon. Otherwise, for tonight, this is where we'll have those chances for some showers and some storms returning. And we could have some heavier rates of rainfall throughout the day tomorrow as well, with highs in the mid-60s. But then tomorrow night into Friday, those chances start to diminish a little bit. We'll still have more chances going into Friday. We'll start off Friday on the mild side, getting into the uh, mid to even up upper 50s, but those temperatures will be falling to the mid-40s by the afternoon, and those winds will pick up quite a bit out of the west and could gust upwards of 25 miles per hour. For Saturday and Sunday, much cooler highs in the upper 30s, even a chance at a few snowflakes both for Saturday and Sunday, and then we get the return of some sunshine both for Monday and Tuesday with highs in the mid 30s Yeah, it's going to be cool, but right now it is pretty mild, temperature of 52 degrees in Eau Claire. So what do you think uh, getting into next Sunday, Monday morning, down into the 20s? Yeah, it could even get in the low 20s Sunday night into Monday and even Monday night into Tuesday. All right, well, it's been a long time it's yes. coming, that frost. It's been holding off. I was going to say, we've been uh, we've been pretty blessed with that. I guess so. Thank you, sir. Yeah, have a good one. All right, there he goes, Mike Dandrea with our 13 first alert weather this morning here on Wax. Agriculture. 
It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 23 minutes before 6 o'clock here on this Wednesday morning. Time to get some of our area news. Morgan McCarthy is with us. Morning, Morgan. Hey, good morning, guys. And, you know, yesterday you asked me about the history of a charcuterie board. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and it said that it was, you know, kind of traces back to the French and was meat and cheese trays, as we call them, which is true. But I did do a little more digging just to find out the exact origins. And it has, like we had said, uh, it's a traces back to the French, but it also has to do with using the whole animal. So charcuterie boards are usually smoked meats, mm-hmm. spreadable meats, that kind of thing, which sure. some, sometimes can be organs and that kind of thing. So it has traces back to the practice of salting and preserving meats and then using and not wasting parts of the animal. So then they would use the cured meats and the spreadable meats and then pair them with crackers. Put things like head cheese and all that on there. Hey, I grew up making head cheese. Blood sausage. It's a messy messy process, but a delicious (laughs) outcome, right? Absolutely. And it became popular in the 90s when grocery stores caught on because then they started making the grab-and-go things for people to take to parties and stuff. And they always got to change the name to bring up something new and different. Make it fancy, right? Well, because if you knew what head cheese was, you wouldn't eat it. (laughs) I know it. I know it. I think the fancy stuff was demanded by Boyceville customers because they're oh, the upper fancy upper-crust yeah. people. Yeah, I'll do my news with my pinkies up, <laughs> let me tell you. Well, what is the news? We're going to start with headlines that keep us pretty close to our area, at least in the state, before we shrink smaller. This starts with an update as investigators say a man in Germantown Middle School had no connection to the school, but the State Department of Justice yesterday said the man shot and killed by Germantown police Monday night was driving a car with out-of-state plates and simply broke down near the school. Now, the DOJ is not identifying who that is or where he came from, but investigators say the man tried to get into Kennedy Middle School. The doors, though, were locked. Police say he was removing handicap parking signs when officers arrived. That's when he climbed onto the roof of the school and fired at officers. He was then shot and killed. Well, the jury is seated as we look to the courts since the trial of the Pewaukee woman accused of killing her friend with eye drops. Jesse Kurchuski facing homicide charges in that county as police say she poisoned her friend with the eye drops in 2018 and also stole nearly $300,000. Both sides offered their opening arguments yesterday. Her trial could last as long as a month. We get a little more local now, but still without state lens connection as former election manager from Eau Claire could soon be one of Wisconsin's newest. Governor Tony Evers yesterday appointed former Eau Claire city clerk Carrie Reeple, a name you may recognize, to the state elections commission as she had spent five years handling Eau Claire elections before moving on to become the city's HR director. Not the job for her just yet, though. It is a process. The Wisconsin Senate still has to confirm her. And as we look to some other headlines and getting ready to open the door and see those little ghosts and goblins waiting, guess what's going up? If you think the cost of candy, hey, you're right. It's not a charcuterie board. It's the sweet stuff. That's according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor and a UCLA supply chain expert. Candy is more expensive due to the rising costs of ingredients and labor. The average U.S. household is expected to spend about $35 on candy this year, up from $30 in years past. I'm Brian Shook. And we head back to get the chores done at the barn with Bob Bolsel, Joe Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. I wonder, too, if it would be legal and okay to serve mountain oysters on a charcuterie board. 
If you hand out head cheese, you're not going to have any trick-or-treaters back at the block, I can tell you that. I say, no, don't I'm go to the house that. with a ludifice. I'm going to give that to trick-or-treaters. <laughs> I'm going to give that to people that come to visit and maybe stay too long. I'll give you some. Instead of popcorn balls, we'll do some ludifisk balls this year. You, you can go. hand well, those out. You should have a nice too. empty doorstep all night long. <laughs> uh, see you later. <laughs> you bet, Bob. There goes Morgan. In the newsroom this morning on Wax is we're about 19 minutes before 6 o'clock. What do you think? Mountain oysters and for East for Halloween? <laughs> that would I don't think you'd get many takers on that one. I I, I just you know, don't even know what to say on that. Out, it always was because when we were kids, and you know, when you're out there and and uh, you know you you leave one house and there are other kids coming up, they always say, "Hey, make sure you go there. They're giving away good stuff." So <laughs> kids say, "Don't go there. You don't want what they got to give." Else. 52 degrees right now. We'll get about 60 today. And Jill, we're making progress in the fields. How much progress around the country? Well, the corn harvest jumped 14% from a week earlier and is now rated 59% finished. And that's across the nation. The same as last year, but a little ahead of the five-year average. Illinois and Iowa are both well over 60% done, while the eastern corn belt is lagging behind. Soybeans are now 76% harvested, also 14% ahead of last week, and nine points ahead of the five-year average across the nation. And here in Wisconsin, the farmers have combined 24% of their corn, about two days ahead of last year, but two days behind their five-year average. The moisture content of the corn is still running about 23%. Corn is rated 50%, good to excellent this week, about the same as last week. And the soybeans are also coming off at about... On schedule, as 69% of the beans have now been harvested. For other crops, farmers have planted 86% of their winter wheat, with 61% of the crop already emerged. They have also dug 95% of their fall potatoes, finished 30% of their fall tillage. Topsoil moisture. Now, we're going to get probably a little different reading on this next week, I'm betting. Yeah, I'm anxious to see what next week brings because, boy, I'll tell you, we've got a lot of rain the last few days. But as of Sunday, it was getting better as it's rated 74% adequate to surplus, 20% short, and 6% very short. And the driest part of the state are still in central and south-central counties. So, subject to change, the topsoil moisture ratings. we got markets coming up. It's, uh, well, 14 minutes before 6 already. We've got markets to get to, 52 degrees, and we'll do that. Jill, is, uh, you're going to be busy today. What are you going to do? I'm going to go down to Osseo Evangelical Lutheran Church, and yep. I'm going to work on making mashed potatoes. Why? What, what are you going to do with the potatoes? Well, there's the harvest dinner tonight. It's oh, a, really? It's a drive through only. Okay. It starts at 4.30, and it's a part of. It's sponsored by the family at OEL, OELC, and that's on Harmony Street. But we have meatballs and lefsa, real mashed potatoes and gravy, corn rutabagas, Cranberries, coleslaw, and a pumpkin and bar. What time is it? Starts at 4.30. And, and goes, goes until everybody eats the potatoes all. Yep, till the potatoes are gone. All right. So Usually we f- finish out about ooh, 6 o'clock. Oh, do you? Oh, they go through them fast. All right. So, again, the harvest dinner tonight at uh, what's your church's name again? Osseo Evangelical Lutheran Church. And it's located where? It says Harmony Street, but it's right off of 53. All right, so you don't miss that. And ask for extra potatoes, too. <laughs> I'll scoop them up for All you. All right, let's go to markets. Well, we need to head over to Altoona Equity and hear from Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers and dollar fifty to $1.76. We had a top of $1.80. Choice Holstein 
Dairy Cross steers $1.50 to $1.73. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers $1.55 to $1.62. Choice Holstein steers $1.45 to $1.54. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers $1.44 and down. Top 20% of the cold cows sold from $96 to $1.09. We had top of $1.15. 60% of the cows sold from $71 to $95. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from $70 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1.25 to $1.53. Bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.20. And down. Cold bulls sold from ninety to a dollar eighteen. Thin full horn and lightweight bulls all discounted. Eighty percent of the ninety-five pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from two hundred and fifty to four hundred and forty dollars per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from two hundred and fifty dollars per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from three hundred and fifty to seven hundred dollars per head. Here are prices for fancy vaccinated feeder cattle from our last sale, which was held here on October twentieth. Three to six hundred pound beef steers a dollar eighty to three oh eight. Six to nine hundred pound beef steers a dollar seventy to two sixty five. Three to six hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar seventy to two seventy four. Six to nine hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar sixty to two twelve. Three to six hundred pound Holstein steers, a dollar forty five to two ten. Six to nine hundred pound Holstein steers, a dollar thirty five to a dollar sixty. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, November third. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. For those who work in acres... Not in hours. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to the Equity Stratford Sale Barn where Jerry Fitzgerald is doing the report in the rowboat this morning. You got moisture too, huh, Jerry? Well, good morning to you, Bob. No, nice and dry in the house. The roof don't leak, so that's... Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, all you got to do is take about five steps out of the... and you walk on the grass, and, oh, man, it's... Uh, yeah, since this all started... Uh, well, the rain gauge was empty on Friday. That was a nice day, and then it started raining whenever it started raining Saturday. Since then, we've gotten five inches. I just went out and dumped it out here about a half hour ago. Oh, so. boy. All right. So, uh, yeah, it'll take a little frost now to get some of those heavy machines back on the field. That's a, a lot of moisture. So maybe they're bringing the cattle to town. What are they doing? How are they selling? We'll tell the folks about it, Bob. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday, Tuesday, here at Equity Stratford. We'll start out with the organic market yesterday. Uh, High yielding, good quality, certified organic cows selling yesterday from a dollar thirty-two to a dollar forty-five. Organic steers and heifers yesterday from one forty-seven to one fifty-eight, and uh, lower yielding organic cows from one thirty-five and below. And the uh, on the regular market now, conventional cows yesterday are higher yielding cows yesterday selling from ninety-six to a dollar ten. Most of the cows from seventy to ninety-five. Thinner cows, uh, seventy dollars and below. On the bull, bull market so far this week, better quality bulls are selling mostly from uh, one hundred four to one fifteen. Lighter weight bulls, a dollar and below. On the calf market, uh, good quality replacement Holstein bull calves. Uh, from 200 to 400 uh, on Monday, up to 450 on those bull calves. Uh, beef calves this week, mostly from 350 to 650, and up to 700. That was on Monday, and now we are at Wednesday already. So we get underway this morning, right away here this morning with market auction. We'll sell those cow cows this morning, along with the fed cattle today. Sheep, hogs, and goats, baby calves. Feeder cattle sale today is at 1230, and uh, part of the feeder sale today, folks. We do have a we have a consignment some very fancy black Angus cattle. So if you're looking for those, that'll be part. Of the feeder sale today, which will start at 12:30. 
just want to look ahead here. One week from today here at Stratford, we do have a, a special feeder cattle sale featuring a complete herd dispersal of uh, certified organic black Angus cattle. And uh, that will be, like I said, a complete herd dispersal. Uh, certified black Angus heifers will also sell with this, and there will be a few non-organic cattle in that dispersal. So an excellent opportunity for you folks next week in the Angus business or in the beef business. That'll be one week from today, which is already November 1st. So, And, Bob, I was going to uh, I was going to ask, I was just kind of looking at this before, too, and I know you're a rather tall man for the, um, for you know, as comparison to most of us. But anyway, uh, <laughs> did you ever think about taking up basketball when you were as a career? Or? <laughs> I did take up basketball for a long time. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we played high, a lot of high school basketball, a little college basketball, but... Uh, well, yeah. the reason I asked that I was never going to make any money at it, so I thought, well, I better <laughs> give that up. Yeah, well, anyway, the reason I asked that is because that, that young fellow down in Milwaukee, he just uh, oh. what, he enlisted him for $186 million. Yeah, Giannis <laughs> doesn't have to worry about uh, the price of candy for Halloween, that's for sure. Man, oh man, that's, but, but he's worth it. I mean, he... He brings in the crowd. We've got a winner down there. I wish uh, I wish the Packers and the Brewers would spend a little money to improve their teams like the Bucks have. So I give the Bucks credit, and uh, that's a good thing. Hey, you have a good one, and uh, you're. I think you're. Did you sign a contract like that with Equity? <laughs> well, uh, there was probably one somewhere in front of it, but the million part <laughs> was not there. <laughs> have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. You betcha, Bob. Enjoy the day. Thank you much. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over there at the Equity Stratford Barn. And your TYM dealer, Synergy Co-op at Ridgeland, bringing us the markets. Uh, yesterday on the Board of Trade, corn was down with some rain uh, that we're having, of course. And Brazil getting their crop planted. Beans were up on a strong meal demand. Overnight, December corn up a penny at 485. The oats at 390. December wheat up 4 to 5 at 585. Looking now on our January soybean contract, that was up four cents, thirteen eighteen this morning, and meal up four sixty a ton on the December contract, four hundred thirty eight dollars and eighty cents. Well, that's expensive stuff. Hey, what's going on in the elevators? Northside elevator, loyal location, new crop corn is at four forty one with soybeans at twelve twenty three, and Arcadia four forty one for corn with soybeans at twelve thirty three. Wheat and grain Chippewa Falls location, corn's at four thirty with soybeans at twelve thirty. And Connersville corns at four thirty-five with soybeans at twelve twenty-five. On the DTN screen at Golden Plum today, corn is four forty-six. At Baldwin four thirty-six. The beans twelve nineteen. Durand has corn at four thirty-one. Soybeans twelve oh nine. At Mondovi four thirty-six on the corn. Twelve fourteen on the beans. Elmwood four forty-one and twelve nineteen. At Fall Creek corns four thirty-one. Beans at twelve oh nine. And Osseo corns four forty-six. Beans twelve nineteen. Out at Elk Mound, 431 for the corn, 1229 on the beans. Sparta, 437 and 1214. Ellsworth has the corn at 421, beans 1199. At the ethanol plants, corn at Boysville, 446 today. Stanley, 441. New Richmond, 436. Barrel cheese holding at 173 and a half. Blocks down two and a quarter, 174 and a quarter. Butter down a penny at 336 and a half. October class three up to at 1688. November down 16 at 1767. December down 33 at 1756. January down 12 at 1785. And February down 18 at 1817. Again, we're 52 right now. We'll get to about 60 today. Rain will be ending, but it's coming back tonight. (laughs) 
You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.